0: stay with us and see Bye.
1: This morning we're going to start with a reading from the book of Isaiah. It's in the Old uh, Old Testament. It is page 618 in your pew Bibles. Or if you have a large print, it's in the Old Testament, page 835. We will read from Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. And if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 2. for out of zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the lord uh, and the word of the lord from jerusalem he shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks nation shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall they learn war anymore the word of god for the people of god Thanks be to God. And now our next reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 24th chapter. We, You will find that on page 905 in your pew Bibles or in the large print New Testament, page 40. We will read from the Gospel of Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 36 through 44. And if you are ready to hear this word of the Lord, will you please say amen. But about that day and hour, no one knows neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away, so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, and one will be taken at an unexpected hour. The word of God.
0: See, see in the east the star, come now as the angels sing, all glory be unto God.
1: Let us join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for gathering us here to be your church, and we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds. May all that we do and all that we say be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So we have two readings that we read this morning. Normally we just have the one, but we have two instead because I find that normally we look to the New Testament for that hope and that good inspiration, but our New Testament reading leaves us with a bit of an eerie feeling sometimes when we read from that passage, does it not? One will be taken, one will be left. You don't, do not know the day or the hour when the time will come. That passage, out of all the, the gospel lessons, is one of the eerier of the passages. But then we open up to Isaiah, and we find Isaiah also giving us words of hope. Isaiah is talking to the Israelite people, to a people who are very inward-focused. They are focused on what God's going to do for them. They're focused on what God's going to do for their nation. They're very inward-focused. And then here we have in Isaiah, when he's saying that there's going to be a day when it's no longer going to be kings or anybody who's in charge, but instead God will take back all power. And when God takes back all power, there's going to be no more of this nation against nation. There's going to be no more war and fighting. All of the weapons are going to be turned into other things because they won't be needed anymore. But instead, there will be a day, a time, a lasting time of peace when God again takes over all of that power. And when we look towards Isaiah, we find all of that hope. It is a beautiful, beautiful message of hope, one that we can read and we can joyfully understand. But it's interesting because normally we look to the New Testament for hope. I was watching that show Perfect Harmony the other day. Anybody see that show? Yeah, I see a couple a couple people. It was it's just one of those kind of fun shows if you just want to sit back and watch it. But it was funny because there's this really quirky pastor who of course I just love that there's a quirky pastor in the in the show. But there's this quirky pastor and he's talking to the main character and he says, Well, here's the Bible, and whenever you want to find any words of inspiration, you just open it up, point, and read that verse. And so of course he opens it up and points and comes up with some kind of ridiculous verse that has nothing to do with anything. And the pastor is like, well, stick to the new part. So normally we look to the new part but in this New Testament reading, in this Gospel of Matthew reading, we have this part where Jesus is saying something that that is supposed to give us hope and yet it leaves us with an eerie feeling. This whole entire idea of when Jesus returns that one will be taken and one will be left, it it leaves us with an eerie feeling and yet I still love that passage and I still chose to read to read it to you today because it's an important passage because as we read through that passage from Matthew, what Jesus is doing is he's talking to his disciples as he's at the end of his ministry, and he's trying to prepare them for the reality that Jesus is going to die. He is not going to become king of Israel, which is what the people are still hoping for. The disciples are still hoping that somehow he's going to come up and he's going to overpower Caesar even and that he's going to become the king of Israel. They're still holding on to this hope. And Jesus is trying to get them to understand that that's not part of God's plan. Jesus is not here to become an earthly king. That is not part of the plan. But Jesus is trying to get them to understand that he is going to, to die. There will be a day when, and it's coming up quite close for them at that time where he is going to die and and he's going to be killed and they're going to be heartbroken. And at that time when Jesus is going to be killed and all of the disciples are there, he knows that they are going to be sad. Their hearts are going to be broken. They're going to wonder if everything that they did was in vain and they're going to be so confused and they're going to be just so devastated that they're not going to know what to do. And Jesus, the reason that he's saying what he's to them at this time, and if you read through it again after on your own, maybe it'll make even a little bit more sense, is he saying to them, even when you're in despair, even when you are lost and you are just in utter dismay about what's happened, even when that happens, Jesus is saying, I want you to have hope. Even when Jesus is like, even when I die, and you're heartbroken, and you're lost, and you're confused, I want you to have hope. Hold on to that hope and don't let it go. Let's fast forward in what happens in the gospel even farther. Fast forward to when Jesus does rise from the dead. But after he, after he died, when all the disciples, they don't know that he's risen yet, what do they do? They hide in their house and they mope, and they cower, and they're sad, and they're heartbroken, and they're just hidden in their house, and they don't want to get up. When Jesus, what he just said in that Matthew text, is he's saying, when that time comes, I don't want you all sitting on your bottom and doing nothing. I want you to get up. I want you to move. I want you to get out and to do the good work, even when you're heartbroken and depressed. I want you to force yourself to get up and go do things. But the interesting thing is, there's only one person who actually gets up and does stuff, and that person who wants to tell me his name after Jesus dies, there's one person who gets up and leaves the house, not the women. The women all have courage to do that. That's a whole entire different sermon. Um, (laughs) But out of the men, there's only one man who has the courage to get up and out of the house, and who's that man? Come on. Doubting? Thomas, see? And yet You guys knew who I was talking about the second I said doubting because Thomas gets a bad rap. He gets a bad rap for being the doubting Thomas, yet he's the only one who actually had the courage to get off his bottom and to get out of the house. And to go out and to to get back to work. And Jesus is saying, even when you're heartbroken, even when you're depressed, even when you don't know what's coming next, you need to get up and you need to get moving. This Gospel of Matthew passage is actually, while it leaves us with an eerie feeling, it's one that can give us a great amount of hope. Because there are times in our lives where we are going to go through really, really rough and rocky situations. We are going to lose spouses we are going to lose loved ones earlier than we thought and our whole entire future with them will disappear we will i've seen enough spouses that have to bury their loved ones Many, many years before they ever thought that they would have to, and suddenly their future with their loved one is gone. And even in that time of despair, it's like in these words Jesus is saying, even in that time of despair, even in that time of heartbreak, you have to have Hope. Think about it. If, unfortunately, any of you have ever lost a job before, unexpectedly, you lost a job, and you don't know what you are going to do, and you're trying to apply for this job or that job, and it seems like there's just no hope whatsoever, and you're in that pit of despair, it's at this moment when it's like these words of Jesus are saying, you need to have hope. Hold on to that hope that everything will be okay. Even if the world seems like it's crashing down, we can look at these words and we can hold on to the hope that we don't need to give up. Because one day, one day Jesus will return. That's what he's saying. One day everything will be made right again. One day, we don't know when, we don't know how, but one day God will take back control. So when we're going through hard times, as odd as it is, this eerie passage can actually give us hope. Are you starting to see how that can happen? Look, at when you get home, I'm going to give you that homework that I like to give you. When you get home, read through Matthew 24 again. Read through it. Try to understand the context. Understand what's going on. And understand that there are times when we need to have hope, even when the world is a stinky place. I was talking to a mom the other day. And the other day, this mom, you know, she's telling me this story, and she's so glad that her son is now doing well. I'm going to kind of jump to the end for a second. Her son is doing well. He's doing amazingly well. He's going back to school. She is 100% thrilled. But a couple years ago, they didn't know that this was a possibility, because a couple years ago, her son was addicted to heroin. And he was a drug addict, addicted to heroin, living on the streets, and they were, the whole entire family was about ready to give up hope. I mean, they'd been to enough funerals. They'd seen enough grieving parents. They knew that it could just be that the reality was that their son was not going to come back to them. They knew that the chances of their son coming back from such a serious addiction, that their chances of their son coming back to them and being their son again was a very, very small percentage. And yet even though this poor mother cried herself to sleep more times than I can ever imagine, even though this poor mother was just sad that she had lost her son for all times, she held on to what? hope. She held on to hope. She kept Praying, she just kept asking and begging God to do something to open up her son's eyes and to bring him back to her. And then one night, in the middle of the night, her phone rings. Now, I'll tell you, she was afraid of her phone ringing at odd hours. She was afraid of the doors being knocked on because she was afraid that any of those phone calls or or those door knocks could be somebody telling her that her son had OD'd. A, a fear that I can't even imagine. And yet, her phone rang in the middle of the night, and it was right by her bed and she answered it, and guess who was on the other line? Her son. Her son was on the other line, and he was scared, and he realized if he kept going down this path, he was going to be in the next funeral. If he kept going down this path, then he was not going to make it, and he said, Mom, I want to straighten out my life. I want to come home. And he did, and he's clean, and he's sober, and it's an amazing thing. But that mother had hope even in the pit of despair. Jesus tells us to have that hope. Even when things don't look good. Even when we realize, we open up our eyes and we turn on the news and it's like, wow, this world is a scary place. Even in that time, hold on to that hope. Because one day God will take back all power. One day, everything will be restored. One day, there will be no more wars. There will be no more fighting. There will be no more death or mourning or crying and pain. One day. One day God will be in charge again, and we need to have hope for that one day. Even, and I'd say especially during our difficult times, we need to hold on to that hope. Will you do me a favor? Turn to the person next to you and and maybe just grab their arm or look at them if you're sitting in the middle all alone because we don't have enough people here this morning. Just look at the person and and tell them to hold on to that hope. Hold on to hope. And when somebody comes to you and they are in this heartbroken situation because it happens, and if they have the courage to come to you and to tell you what's going on in their life and to be open and honest, tell them, I know that this sucks right now. It's okay. I keep saying that lately. People are giving me lots of bad news. So, you know I know that this sucks right now, but hold on to that hope. Don't let go. God is good, and God loves you, and God is going to be in control again fully of everything. Hold on to that hope. When somebody's heartbroken, don't don't preach to them. Don't do anything. Just be there with them and tell them to have hope, even when it seems so difficult. That's what we learn on this Sunday of, of Advent. That's why we light this candle, because we learn that no matter what happens in this world, we need hope. And our hope comes from God. And that hope is better than anything else this world can throw at us. Let's join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious, God, we thank you for being our hope, our love, and our inspiration. We thank you for blessing us and being with us now and always. Bless us and give us your hope because, Lord, we need you, especially in our darkest times. Bless us with your hope. We pray this and everything through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, and together we say, Amen.
0: sing, flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus our well. hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. The heaven born prince of peace, hail the son of righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings, while he lays his glory.
1: Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.